People are very kind on the internet to us. I'm kind of blown away by this. She's back. She's coming. Pretend we had loads of fun while she was away. Okay, I'm back. I feel like our little secret is out. Yeah, it's kind of cool. And it's also interesting to record this episode knowing that people have listened to past episodes now, whereas before we were just recording them and they were just getting saved in Dropbox and it didn't really matter <laughs> what happened with them. So that's definitely a different and exciting feeling. Yeah, so if anyone listening in the future, we just released three episodes today for the first time. And this is the first episode we record when we actually have somebody who listens to our podcast. Yes. So what's the reaction been from the people around you? Well, um, the one person that I had told was my sister before <laughs> this went live. She knew that it was in the works. She didn't know when it was going to be live. And so she got very, very excited immediately that it was finally live. And like a champ started listening to it immediately. And a few hours later was like, <laughs> I'm almost caught up. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so that was very cool. My family, like the rest of my family, I didn't really expect them to listen, but my mom actually listened and I have no idea how, so she doesn't have an iPhone. So she must've listened to the SoundCloud link. I'm just really mm -hmm. impressed that she's, she's listening and I was not expecting that at all. But the rest of the feedback from like friends in general, people in my network has been really positive and excited and I, I love podcasts and I have so many that I want to listen to. So I'm excited that we're in some people's podcast mix now. Yeah. Can you imagine like, you know, sitting next to, you know, some of your favorite podcasts on like somebody's podcast player? Oh my goodness. No. <laughs> How's the reaction been with your family and friends and life people? Um, my stepdad said, I don't need to add the voices of you and Haley to the voices already in my head. <laughs> that was a great comment. That's fine. <laughs> it's, I, it's funny because I don't really expect people in my family to necessarily be the people who would like the podcast the most. They're very excited for me. And they're like, oh, so you're like the big list person now. <laughs> I was like, um, I guess so. Um, my mom listened for like a little bit and she just said, how did you manage to record a whole podcast where you both weren't speaking at the same time? <laughs> Does she know it was edited? <laughs> I said no, that there was a lot of editing involved, <laughs> mainly yeah. just slowing it all down. So like one person would be, we're actually speaking simultaneously right now, but mm -hmm. the edit is making this sound more um, back and forth. <laughs> That's the future of podcasting. Just like one voice in each ear. <laughs> oh my god, this is awful. <laughs> be a nightmare. Okay. Like a stress reaction. My my biggest surprise in reaction was um, from my friends who were just impressed that it existed. Like they hadn't had a chance to listen because I was actually telling them a little bit in advance. I got a special um, permission from Haley to do that. <laughs> And they were just really proud. They were just really proud that it existed. And then we'd actually sat down and done the recordings and it was live and out in the world. And it was funny because to me, I never thought about that. I was always just like, oh, 
I hope people don't hate me or something. But I didn't think that like, oh, no, actually making them and putting them out in the world. That's something to also, you know, be a little bit proud of. Yeah. I think we both had a lot of those emotions today as things were going live very early in the morning for me and had a normal lunch hour for you. And we were both having a little bit of that like tension and excitement, anxiety, all of the good and bad feelings. Yeah. It's weird because I was almost more worried before it went live. And then as soon as it went live, I'm like, all right, it's been shared. And I didn't have back to work. <laughs> like my normal actual work. I was like, okay, let me crack through up my to-do list for today. <laughs> oh my goodness. My favorite part about this though is that so we when we started talking about it, it had already been live on iTunes for like two days. So we got approved on iTunes way faster than that we thought that we would. And so for people who don't um, submit podcasts to iTunes, which is probably the majority of people, it, they don't really give you a specific time. They just say, okay, send this to our team. And in the next seven days, we might give you an answer and it might go live. And they didn't even email us. It just went live. And that's how I found out. Wait, how did you find out? If I just decided after I submitted the podcast, I just decided that every day I was going to look for us in the iTunes store and podcast. That's how you found out? Yeah. I did. Like, I sent you a screenshot <gasps> super early in the morning and I had just like woken up and I was, I was like walking around and doing stuff and I was having tea and I was like, oh, I'm going to search for the podcast in iTunes today. And that's how I found it. It wasn't like I didn't get an email, nothing official <laughs> happened. I was just putting it on my own radar to continue searching because I didn't trust that iTunes would get in touch. And thank goodness I did. <laughs> But to get to like the end of this, my favorite part is that when I told you, Javi, like it's on iTunes, you were like, okay, wait, we can't talk about it yet. And like, I think, and, and then I was like, but you know, people have already listened to it and your face, you're like, what? And I was like, yeah, I mean, like people find podcasts in iTunes all the time. And so I think it was something ridiculous. Like, I don't know if it was like, what was it? Six or 11? No, downloads? no it, it was 18 downloads when you talked to me uh, because, okay. So from, from my perspective, Haley just messaged me on Slack in like all caps, we're live on iTunes. And my instant reaction was just to freak out. I was like, what? No. And the reason I freaked out was because I didn't really talk about the podcast to anyone. So I was like, but I haven't told anybody. And and then I was I said to Haley, I tried to be casual. I don't know how casual I sounded. I was like, oh, sure. Uh, she might be like, do you want to call me later and we can talk about it? And then Haley called, a very panicked, happy. And I was like, oh, I haven't even told my family. I haven't even told work. I haven't told anyone. Um, so I freaked out. And this was on Wednesday. And today is Friday. We're recording this actually the day we launched. And um, yes. And yeah, I, <laughs> I was so freaked out. And I was like, um, so Haley, what's what's what dates are we talking here with releasing it? <laughs> and I think I was like, today? Can we talk about it today? And you were like, no. <laughs> so through Haley's kindness and incredible patience, <laughs> she um, gave me Thursday to be tell your friends and family day, <laughs> and then Friday we went live, which is today. Yes, and it has been an awesome day. We have actual follow-up, Haley. Our first official real follow-up from a person who isn't us. Ooh, should I read it in its entirety since it's sure. the first item of follow-up? So at Haley, I am super curious how you're using Todoist. Would you be up to share some more insights on how you organize it? 
Yes, absolutely. First of all, thank you, Matty, for our first ever piece of follow-up. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, and Todoist, I guess this would have been in the first episode that we talked about task management, although I know I mentioned Todoist again in the second episode. I think Todoist is going to come up a lot. <laughs> I think it is. I honestly use it religiously. Um, so that's an interesting question. So I'm just going to open up my Todoist so that I can give an accurate answer here. So I use Todoist for honestly, pretty much everything in my life. It's it's a really great task management app. And I use it for my daily work tasks. So I have, you can have different projects on Todoist. And so I have several, and one of them is for work. And so every task that I'm going to have to complete through work goes into that project and is tagged with that project, which is great. So when you have it on a list, you can see the color and the name of the project. And so it, I know that that's like a work project. Um, and then you can also add sub projects. So if there was like a project within a work project that I wanted to add, I could. So like projects are not tasks. They're mm. tasks within projects, basically. Yes, exactly. And so one of my projects is for work. Um, Todoist does this thing where they have an inbox. And I think in theory, you're supposed to use the inbox and add everything as you think of it and then put it in projects. But the way that I've wound up segmenting it is that when I add things, I usually tag them in the correct projects immediately. And I use the inbox for personal items. So I used to have a project called personal and then I thought that didn't make sense. It's like buying family birthday presents and stuff like that and like getting ready for Christmas presents or something like that mm -hmm. those are all just in the inbox for me if they're not related to another project um some of the other projects I have are finances I have this podcast is a project Ooh, I, <laughs> I feel so special yeah I have a list this is kind of the only other this is kind of the only strange project that I have I have a project called to buy <gasps> and whenever I think of something that I need to buy I put it on there I have that do you I have that in OmniFocus, yeah. Of course you do. Of course I you do. I literally have that. So yeah, I'm just going to add this one quick thing. Yeah, and I also have another project that is called Ordered. So whenever I order something on Amazon or something, because sometimes it can take ages and sometimes it's really quick. So I have like another one that has everything I've ordered so I can make sure to know when it's supposed to arrive. That's very smart. That's very smart. I like that. I don't think I will do that, but I, I like that. Um, yeah, but carry on. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the only strange one. Like the other ones are like an organization I volunteer for, this podcast, work. And then I also have one called finances because those just those just get complicated. I, I feel like most of my to-dos are related to life admin or money in some way. Bills mainly. <laughs> it's people who want my money. It's not necessarily people who want to give me money. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great though? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, let me map over all these people who just, anyway. Um, so if I understand it correctly, so you have like projects that are almost like folders and then can specific tasks like you have dates or due dates or something. How does that work? In yes, you add a due date if you want to. But if you don't, then it will just live in the project until you either check it off or assign a due date. So there's like a couple of different views of your task. So you can either view it by project, which I don't do because like my work one has 19 tasks right now. And I just don't want to look at that because a lot of them are future. Like I've planned out mm -hmm. things at work and they're future tasks. Yeah. So I'll look at most commonly, I look at a tab that's today. So everything that's due today I can see on a list and the other view that they have that's really good is the next seven days so oftentimes I like drag things in between today and the next seven days depending on if it's going to get done right now or if it needs a little bit of extra time that's really cool I love it I love Todoist like organizes my whole life 
So I feel like that's a pretty good overview of like your general structure. Um, do you have any like secret insights or something you've learned that like makes it super special to you? I don't know if I do. I think I just use it really consistently. Like every time I have a thought, it goes into Todoist and nowhere else. And that's how I know that it's organized. Um, so I honestly think that's it. I've been getting into the comments. You can add comments to your tasks because I have the <gasps> like paid Todoist account. I definitely pay for Todoist. <laughs> and you can add comments and I'll add like the documents that I'll need to work off of for something. So instead of having a bunch of bookmarks, I just throw the links into the tasks and I access them when I need to. So like that has been very helpful for me. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else. I'm, I mostly just, just abide by something that you said earlier, which is that you have to respect the integrity of the system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I find Todoist like a really cool product based on everything I know about it. And I know you used it when we were in Barcelona, just to mention that yet again, um, loads of your colleagues were using it. We actually met some of the people from Todoist, the team, because they also work remotely. And like I follow some of them on Twitter and I feel like I just have somehow had this interaction just with the company. Also, they are like a remote team. I think I've seen somebody at a conference or something speak. And But I think I just found out about the company like after I started using OmniFocus. And it's so difficult to kind of migrate. Well, yeah. I mean, you're married to OmniFocus. <laughs> <laughs> I am married. Yeah. That's I such should a, have a wandering eye. <laughs> yeah. That's such a big amount of money that you gave OmniFocus. But I'm thinking of it like, what was it, $80 for your subscription? I don't remember. I don't think about money I've already spent. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to say, I think last time I looked at it, OmniFocus was around $80, but that was a one-time fee, right? Mm-hmm. For Todoist, it's a subscription. So I paid for a pro account, but only for a year. And I think I paid 45 or $50. So actually, it's going to catch up to me soon, and I'm going to end up spending more money on Todoist than you have on OmniFocus. Yeah, th- this is the thing, though. Like, I think with the – if you're using a product of that scale, because this is not – like, you're paying – I almost prefer to pay these people money who are making my life literally easier every minute of every day over whatever dumb stuff you sometimes buy. Like, I think this is money that is so well spent. And it's it's almost like I'm glad the people at Todoist are pricing their services in a way where the business is sustainable because nothing is worse than your favorite product going out of business. I totally agree. I think the thing I was getting at there with the prices, though, is that if OmniFocus were an annual subscription, you may yeah. have thought twice before renewing it if you'd heard of another like thing yeah. that you were interested in. Whereas because you only paid once, you feel like it's just like, you know, the system. I might not be right about this, but that's I could totally see myself adopting that mindset. And like my subscription is coming up with Todoist in 11 days. They were reminding me on the app mm-hmm. and I'm definitely paying to use it again for another year. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a really funny because I actually saw somewhere that OmniFocus has just turned. I could be wrong. This is by memory. Um, I think it just turned 10 or 15 Whoa. years old. I had no idea it was Yeah, like so old. <laughs> the 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 Omni Group is like this they do a bunch of other products that are like professional heavy duty products and it's almost like a legacy company now I would say and products like OmniFocus they've been 
around for so long and there's all these I actually don't really I just use it how I think I should use it <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I've had like a little bit of getting things done like I mentioned and I just kind of go like yeah this seems to make sense but people can get really into it um, I, I haven't really gone all the way but the point I was trying to make was that because the company and the products are so old the pricing models hadn't kind of got into the subscription models which tends to be the because like your company for example is a subscription right yes so this seems to be like the dominant this makes sense because it's much easier to plan around um, budgets and stuff when you have a set amount coming in every month as opposed to being like oh i hope we subscribe new <laughs> users at whatever rates that honestly sounds stressful to me it's also stressful <laughs> okay should we move on to our next piece of follow-up yeah so i think it was the last episode episode three that we talked about slack communities mm-hmm. and we just kind of put it out there that we're in a lot of slack communities mm-hmm. but i don't think we said how many so how many slack communities are you in Javi? too many i almost don't want to talk about slack because i feel like i need to do some cleanup Anxiety. can i pass yeah. <laughs> can i pass are you know the only other person on this podcast so it's gonna come back to you really quickly oh so smart um i'm in nine. Oh my goodness okay but i want you to elaborate on that a little bit because i know that one of your slack communities is a little unique it's like a family community okay so people make so much fun of me Okay, so my first one is my work one. Um, my second one is my family one. <laughs> um, my favorite is that we have a channel there. Yeah, anyway, sorry, I'm not even going to go there. We just have a family one. The third <laughs> one is the make work work one. And it's funny because Haley said to me like, oh, you're my second Slack group. And I was like, sorry, you're my third. <laughs> Listen, I understand that family comes first, but actually apparently family comes second after work in your priority <laughs> oh, list. I hadn't even thought of that. Well, <laughs> yeah, great. Now you've just made me question everything. Um, then the fourth one is um, the co-working space where I work. Um, the fifth one is actually a really cool um, um, community. My friend is running and it's about um like mental health and well-being and yoga and all those kind of stuff um so yeah i'm actually very happy to be a part of that but now i'm already at five so it it, it grows really quickly um i'm in a music tech one which has actually been useful and i i know i said last time i don't really like slack communities but i literally just briefed the people and who i was when i got like invited to the community and people just got in touch with me after that. So that was kind of cool. Um, I'm in a couple of like weird random ones. I don't even know how to explain. And then the final one I'm in is, I don't know, Haley, you must know Crowdfire, don't you? Yes. So I'm actually in a Crowdfire community. And it's it's actually, I, I actually kind of like it a little bit because, oh, by the way, your tip about muting channels worth gold <laughs> i am so glad that has saved wow. me so i'm glad it's helping you it's 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 literally made all of it kind of manageable the crowdfire is kind of cool because sometimes um i write blog posts and stuff and it's cool to be able to share your links and ask for feedback and that kind of thing so i actually think the crowdfire community they sent me like an email i know they probably sent that to all of their users but they were like, hey, do you want to join our community? And I was like, yeah, sure. I like their product a lot. So 
Yeah. Nice. Those are my nine. I didn't even know they had a community, a Slack community. It just feels like there are so many out there. It's actually pretty good. Like they they have some people who are clearly their job is to kind of interact with people. Mm-hmm. So you know how sometimes it's like you say something and it's just like the, you know, what are those rolling things called? Um, it snowballs? <laughs> no, it's like nothing happens. You know, in the desert where it's like the hay. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Do you like my desert reference? <laughs> tumbleweed. Tumble- Hubby, you have no idea how relevant this is. I just saw my first piece of tumbleweed <gasps> and it blew into our garage. No, I'm so And jealous. we couldn't get it out. It kept blowing back into the garage. So we finally had to throw it in the garbage. But I was like, I don't want to throw it away. It's a beautiful <laughs> piece of nature. Oh my God. You have no idea how excited I am about this because I remember when my, my friend said like, oh, and it was just tumbleweeds. We were probably about nine. Literally, this is the first time I heard about tumbleweed. Don't have a lot of tumbleweed in Iceland. Um, (laughs) And and she was like, yeah, it's like this hay thing rolling. And I was like, you're making this up. And I didn't believe her. It was a real thing. I had never seen it in Canada, but I am not in Canada anymore, which is jumping ahead a little bit. But there are tumbleweeds where I am now. Wish you would jump sections. I guess we might as well. Should I so, quickly share my Slack community number? Oh, yeah. Sorry. No, it's okay. I, kind I just of, got so excited about the tumbleweed. <laughs> that's totally acceptable. Well, we maybe we can cut this, but maybe we won't. Um, my Slack community number has gone down significantly. I used to be in seven, and it's at two. Work and <gasps> hours. That's oh, my God. It. That's it. <gasps> I just got really strict. I didn't want to be in any of the other ones, and... If someone mentions me, I'll still get an email, so that's fine. And if ever I feel that they're missing from my day, I will go in. But I had to leave all of them because it was just becoming too much of a time suck. So I got very strict with myself. I'm very impressed to hear this. Thank you. I've been – I know this is not on the list, You, just, but I'm just going to say it anyway. I've been obsessed with um, notifications recently just because I think – they are such a problem for almost everyone. Yeah. And I saw this article and I'm going to find it and I'm going to share it. I think it's like one of the best articles I've read probably this year. And it talks about notifications as tragedy of the digital commons. Whoa. So um, are you familiar with what tragedy of the commons means just as a general No, I don't think I've heard that term before. So basically it means if there's like an open resource that doesn't belong to anybody um, and then everybody starts using it, it would be in everybody's benefit to use it less, but it's in no one person's benefit to use it less. So it's almost like the prisoner's dilemma type of thing where like you're both in trouble if either speaks, but if you somehow manage to not say anything you both get off kind of thing except just as like a whole society kind of thing so like the example that is often used if there's like a field with um four different farmers and then everybody just keeps piling on all the sheep and all the grass is just getting trampled and the grass is worse and worse and worse like this is obviously worse for everybody but it's in no one's interest to start using fewer sheep because what are you going to have like your one sheep when everybody else is tan like, you're just going to lose out because, like, sheep is money for you as a farmer. And so what, like, the reference to the notification thing is, is that 
the bombardment of notifications everybody's getting now is ruining notifications just as a communication device almost yeah like i like i miss messages from my friends now i miss important work messages and everything just because notifications are getting so aggressive and like i get notifications from my kindle app now and i'm like what i spent a ton of money amazon on buying books i read loads on my kindle app you don't need to like suck me in somehow that's crazy i didn't where do you get the notifications within kindle on i get push notifications oh you're using it on your phone right so i get on my phone i get on my ipad i get on my second phone (laughs) Um, (laughs) and and this is like the thing where it's like and then i saw this other article that was basically saying just turn off all of your notifications nothing is that important you will voluntarily go into like the main apps anyway i've heard that i turn off a lot of notifications but i've run into the same thing that you run into where it's not it's almost not about not getting them as they happen it's more about so let's say you turn off all your notifications but then you go into facebook and you're looking for things like, I'll look if you tagged me in a post, my sister tags me in posts all the time. But that actually gets lost because I'm in so many groups on Facebook and Facebook notifies me about everything. So I'll go on and there will be like 30 unread notifications and like two of them are of interest to me. Yeah. My, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast already, but it's so bad. It's worth repeating anyway. Like my least favorite notification from Facebook is when somebody comments something in a group I'm in or something. Yes. And I'm like, Facebook, you have the news feed to show me this. Put this in the news feed. You're not running two news feeds, one that is the news feed, actual news feed, and one that is just the notification news feed. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that because I start getting notifications when people add me. And it's like, what's the point if... There's also going to be a little red number sign next to the people symbol. And I could go in and just add people that way. Why do I need it in two places? I know. I know. And I and I think like, but like, it's it's not in the company's interest who are sending all these notifications to send any fewer notifications. Also, another favorite notification I get as a push notification is I noticed on Twitter, they were like, oh, we do smart notifications now, which I think is like a fair product decision for them like you don't need to see every person who likes everything you do or you don't need to be notified of every follower or whatever especially if you have like more followers and interactions on your twitter but then they sent me notifications like stephen fry is popular on twitter mm-hmm. and i'm like i don't care <laughs> am i following him no <laughs> i'm like you don't need to introduce me to stephen fry like i'm aware of stephen fry if I wanted to follow him on Twitter, I already would. Yeah. Uh, I just, so I think I've actually turned off Twitter notifications on my phone, which is a big deal for me because I actually like Twitter a lot. Oh, you didn't have, you had them on? Yeah. <laughs> because I like Twitter. Oh my goodness. I haven't had social media notifications on my phone in like, I'm going to say years. Oh, wow. I turned that off real fast because it got super overwhelming because I mean okay so I work in the social media space so -hmm. it means that all of those accounts can be really active and so right now the only notifications that I'll get on my phone are from like messenger text slack and email and even then I'll open up notifications and it's overwhelming so like I should probably 
You have email in your push notifications? Yeah. I work with the press. If they email me something urgent, I need to reply. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot that. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty – it's like – I've caught some things if I didn't have push notifications to my email that I wouldn't have seen if I had just been like someone who checks email only one hour a day. I wish that could be my lifestyle, but that's just not my lifestyle. I don't even have email show up in my notification center. Email just goes, I don't even check email on my phone. I just check email when I'm like at work. I'm so jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. We're really off track here. Do we want to go and jump over to the travel section? (laughs) Um, actually, there's one more item in follow-up, which I'm very curious because I don't understand any of this. So, dear listener, this is what it says in the follow-up. It says, goats and rats on the internet. And that's the only thing that it says. I don't know anything else. So, Haley, can you please explain yourself? <laughs> this is me following up here. Um, I am surprised <laughs> that you don't know what that means because I thought that you would. So... Sometime in episode number three, we were talking and you said something about goats on your internet. Yes. Okay. I do remember that. Okay. And I was like, no, we have to talk about this because I don't think that (laughs) anyone will understand what you were talking about unless we specify that your version of the internet (laughs) has far more goats on it than anyone else's version of the internet. And we realized a little while ago that the same goes for my internet. My internet has rats on it. Now, that sounds awful, but I, <laughs> but it's, it, trust me, it's a good thing. So my version of the internet has more rats on it. You even have people interacting with your Twitter that have rats in their Twitter name. Oh, well, you know, yes. I'm like, I've never even seen that. That does not happen on my internet. (laughs) But okay, but to be fair, the person you're talking about, Paul Jarvis, who is really wonderful, is an awesome online marketer, and he's Canadian. So that's why we connected. And later, (laughs) we realized that there is some rat obsession going on in both of our lives. Can you please just put the audience at ease of why you think rats are... Uh, acceptable as opposed to everybody else that was just kind of gross out. <laughs> Maybe there are some rats fans in this audience. If there are, please send me a tweet so I know I'm not alone. I <laughs> know. But um I had rats as pets growing up and they're really smart and super adorable. And Javi, I went to a, a like game night at some friend's house the other day and they had three rats as pets in their home. And oh. I was so excited I hadn't seen a rat in a long time, so I got to hang out with them. But I know I'm not alone here. There are people that live 10 minutes away from me that also have rats and probably more. So I used to have rats as pets. So you have so you have tumbleweeds and rats. But <laughs> tumbleweeds and rats in this part of the world. You're really selling this to me. Okay, okay, sorry. hold on. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was me. I'm sorry. It's okay. Okay. The one person who's listening and likes rats, please be really kind to Twitter. <laughs> I can handle it. I've had enough people in my life that think that me thinking that rats are cute pets makes me a crazy person. So, like, this is not news to me. I know that no one else, like, that there are not as many people that agree with me. And that's fine. Everyone has the right to their own opinion. But I actually have a little confession to make in regards to the goats thing. Oh. <laughs> So um, I don't even remember how much I said about it on the last podcast So because I haven't listened to them recently. Um, 
And so basically what's like kept happening is I would see some goat things on the internet and that's kind of how the jokes that I don't remember how it started properly, but people would send me goats or I would just see goats and it just started popping up everywhere. And then there are some super cute goat videos on the internet. And one of my favorite Twitter accounts on the entire on the entire planet is called 100% Goats. And the Twitter bio is 200% Goats. And the location is 300% Goats. And the pin tweet is 400% Goats, which I just think is such a good Twitter profile. And they just post things like, ain't goats time for the haters. <laughs> and little goat gifts. And... It's my favorite, and especially it's 2017 today. So for those who are listening, know that everything else is horrible. But it just makes your newsfeed so pleasant. You see, like, oh, everything is going horribly wrong in the world. Goat give. <laughs> okay, but I think you're leaving out a part of this story, which is okay. how I discovered that you like goats. Oh yeah, yeah. What was that? I don't remember this. You don't remember this? It was no, like I... you shared a post on Facebook about how every year it was like this happened every <gasps> oh, year oh yeah <laughs> i forgot about that that's how it started this is how it started you can tell oh. the story because this is this it will make more sense coming from you okay this is actually a great story because for those who don't know i live in london and for those who don't know time out is like the quintessential london magazine is they also have it in new york and all the like big cities and it basically it tells you like what are good restaurants and good bars and things to do and all this kind of stuff and that's like well written and witty and you know when you first move to London you just kind of subscribe to time out and then try to do what they tell you and then you kind of figure out this yourself <laughs> I think that's literally how everybody does it um even though when I first moved here I was like I wish I could afford all these things but anyway that's another story anyway so this was a long 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 time ago this was probably my second or third year in London and annually okay for those listening, living in the UK is a little bit strange sometimes because they just, the rule I've learned about the UK is if it sounds more dumb, that makes it more posh and fancy. So what they do is they have two universities annually row down the River Thames in what is called the boat race. And like the queen goes and watches Oxford and Cambridge row down the River Thames, even though Thames is really gross and dirty. But, you know, it's cool. <laughs> anyway, I've never actually gone because I don't really understand this. Um, but then I got invited to go along with some friends to a goat race, which I thought was a joke. But no, no, East London provided us with some kind of city farm a goat race. And I don't know if you know this. But goats are not very known for speed or elegance. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they actually had a little kid with a little bucket with some food run in front of the goats to get the goats moving along. <laughs> and the kid won the race. The kid won the race. Um, and then you could bet on the goats. And it was like because you couldn't just bet on either this goat or that goat. You had to bet the times. And it was like three minutes <laughs> like that was the time frame so you just want to see these goats kind of like trot, 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 like <laughs> solid slow medium speed with a little kid in front of it and so I was standing with a friend there and like we were like cheering for this goat and uh, for and it was right by the finish line and obviously somebody took a photo and this photo kind of ended up on timeout or on the internet so actually if you google goat race 
just right now or whatever internet you're using, one of the first two or three photos that is featured is the goat race I went to with... We don't want to Google this. <laughs> Google it, Google it, look at it. I'm going to... Because I've seen this photo, but I haven't Googled for this photo. Google for this photo. Oh my goodness. You, Can you see me? Yeah. Can you spot me? Your photo number three. <laughs> I don't think we've gotten to this part <laughs> yet, but everyone, just so you know, have you went to this goat race? got photographed <laughs> and is consistently in goat articles and so then this happens now this has happened like at least two or three years in a row where i just scroll scroll scrolling along the internet i never know when this boat race thing is coming up but then time out obviously picks up on the goat race thing because it's a much more interesting story and then they just use this photo as the like social media <laughs> facebook preview that they're sharing with everybody and i'm like oh yeah Here's my annual claim to fame. <laughs> yes, that's how I first heard that you and goats had a thing going on. I was like, why are you in this goat photo? And like, it's an amazing photo. Please look for it and we will link for it in the show notes. And you see these goats racing down a cobblestone road. And you see this like really excited blonde leaning in. And that's Abby. And she looks so excited. <laughs> this was phenomenal. This was a great, great day. This was nominal adorable oh and i haven't gotten to my confession yet so i started seeing loads of cute goat videos on facebook and i was really worried that i would lose them and not be able to find them again oh my goodness so i may or may not <laughs> have started a facebook page called goats that just like collects all the goat videos to it wait <laughs> like a public facebook page like people can yeah. go look for this and find it <laughs> I don't think it's that easy because it literally is like goats number like some massive serial number but I was just thinking because I'm also really interested in goat yoga and they don't provide that that in this country um so I was like oh maybe like I could yeah I'm just I'm saving up goat footage basically oh my goodness <laughs> to, to use for maybe like one day in the future if I need it if you think the podcast was your secret <laughs> it was not this is your secret. The fact that you have a Facebook page for yourself. You know that you can save images and stuff on Facebook in your own private category without having to have a page. No, but this is like, okay, this is because it's Facebook videos a lot of the times. Have you seen the baby goat one in the pajamas? Like, you can but then videos too. No, but then it's really hard to link to Facebook videos. It was just quicker. And then like, if I see a cute one, I can just do like share to a page. <laughs> and then it's saved. <laughs> I never actually really look at it, but I just, I like oh to know goodness. that it's This is amazing. <laughs> I'm going to remember this forever. To move away from this whole awkward goat situation, <laughs> where on the planet do you find tumbleweeds and rats? I need to know this. To be clear, the rats are pets. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know there was tumbleweed here. That's a recent discovery. I don't think it's all over the place, but I am no longer in Toronto, Canada. Now I am in Colorado Springs in the United States. So whole new country. So what, you've moved now? I have actually moved. It's not just, usually the travel section is shorter trips, but this is like, my life is here. My cat oh. is here. <laughs> I was just going to ask you about Daisy. How's Daisy doing? She's doing very well. She's a little traumatized that she's not in the same room as me right now, but she's going to get over it. Oh. <laughs> but she's enjoying it. Um, yeah, it's been great. I'm really, I'm really excited. This is a nice change. And this is also following along with my tradition of not living anywhere more than a year and a half. So my lease came up in Toronto and... 
a month after that, I was gone. Yeah, I always do that. So I'm like, oh, do you want to renew your rent? No, I'm going to move to a different country now. <laughs> you don't do that. I'm sorry. I've never done You've that. You've been living in the same apartment in London for a really long time. I like my flat. You're f- okay. To be clear, I love, I love it, and I can't wait to visit you there. But um, yeah. it's it's really funny because yeah, you stayed in the same place. I think you have a, a really great setup though. So like, I'm not encouraging you to change it at all. Yeah, I it's actually funny. I remember when I moved here the first time. I I, I was almost intimidated by the flat, which is weird. But I just thought to myself, like, yeah, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be. And I just thought, like, I'm not moving unless it's something amazing i think that's a great choice i think that's a great choice but since this is the travel section and Mm -hmm. my move was a little bit more permanent although we'll see how permanent really ends up being what kind of traveler are you doing in the coming months no you don't get to put this back on me so quickly you need to tell us everything so (laughs) like how is life in colorado like i feel like tell us more like how do you even move like you need to tell us more i need more information about this move (laughs) okay um well i already worked for an american company when i was in canada but just as a contractor so they just hired me as an employee and i was very fortunate that they sponsored my visa so that's how i got around the visa issue which is probably something a lot of people would be asking um and i brought suitcases over i was visiting several times beforehand so i was able to drop suitcases off and i brought my cats in another trip <laughs> what else do you want to know because you drove down didn't you no no no. Did, what? no no i we we did i did road trips in the summer which is probably why that's confusing but i did road trips from like the east to the to colorado the east part of the united states to colorado and then colorado to california so like i did the whole united states in a road trip but i never went from north to south like canada to colorado oh wow oh wow i didn't even know you crossed the entire continent wow in two trips so i did we did the first one still counts yeah it was two (laughs) two trips in the same summer i'm definitely taking it as it counts yeah also like if, if you if your midpoint was like you went from a, a, the same place both to east and west or like you know you could draw a line off the roads you drove yes that counts we that absolutely counts. could because we always wound up back in colorado springs <laughs> oh my god i i'm really like in data visualization mode have you like drawn on a map or something or like the path you took or something i have not but i like that idea i like that idea yeah. there's some shit that detours like it's not a straight line because at one point we were getting quite close to nashville and i was like well we can't just get close to nashville and not go to nashville but that was like a really big dip down and then back up (laughs) have i told you i think i may have told you this but i'm still very excited did i tell you that i'm going to a wedding in louisiana next year yes isn't it in missouri it's in yeah maybe it's in missouri please don't kill me americans like louisville or louisiana I think it's Louisiana. It's like proper, proper South, South America. I did that wrong. I'm sorry. Please don't kill me. Um, sometimes I can do it. Um, a proper like America, Southern American Bell wedding type of thing. That's very exciting. Louisiana is in fact a state. So, but what city are you going to be in? It's so, next see, to Missouri, like, to be clear. <laughs> I think I think it's in Louisiana, the states, because we're flying into New Orleans, but it's not in New Orleans. Got it. Oh my goodness. 
I am going to be in New Orleans in April. No, May. <gasps> in May. This is around that time. That's crazy. I'm going for a conference. Okay. We need to talk offline better about this. Um, okay. So, okay. So I think you've given more information. So you decided to move to Colorado. How, how are you finding it living back in the United States? Because you lived in San Francisco or Oakland um, before. Um, so how is it being back in the U.S.? Yeah, it's very different. This is not San Francisco. Like San Francisco was a huge tech community, lots of people that were very much like me, um, lots of events going on. I am in a much smaller town. And like this is the smallest place that I've lived in a very long time. It's 400,000 people, which like everyone will have their own interpretation of whether that is a large place or a small place based on their experience. And to me, this is a small place. So this is definitely requiring some adjustments. And I am not downtown. I was downtown Toronto. I was like three blocks from everything I needed. And here is a 20, it's like 20 to 25 minutes to get everywhere. Like no matter what you need, if it's groceries, if it's you know, anything. It's all 20 to 25 minutes away just because it's a really sprawling city. So it's very difficult to live here without a car. But that's what I'm doing right now. I have no car and I work from home. It's kind of not a good idea on my part. So I'm working on getting a car and like making friends. And I do have reasons to get out of the house and like Mm -hmm. be away and make friends like jujitsu. Could could you cycle? (sighs) Honestly, Probably not only because the altitude, I'm still adjusting. And like, I thought I was in pretty good shape. Like I did a lot of exercise in Toronto, but nothing prepares you for altitude in like from what I've seen. And so I've been doing jujitsu here and like feeling like I am the most out of shape person ever when really it's just the altitude. And so apparently it takes up to two months to adjust and I've only been here a few weeks. So I'm still not adjusted. So I couldn't cycle purely because I just do not have the lung capacity right now. Oh my God. Also, a lot of the roads are really large, like highway-esque. They're not necessarily highways, (laughs) but so they're not super like bike friendly. Yeah. Wow. You're like in proper America kind of country with like cars and highways and yeah yeah i'm gonna tell you right now i live in the suburbs happy i live in the suburbs so some things that happened when i moved here is i i downloaded pinterest i'm into home decor (laughs) now these are the things that have happened since i've moved to the suburbs my god you you may be in culture shock when it comes to london and you're like oh there are like humans so close to me (laughs) (laughs) i think it will more be like back in my comfort zone okay um okay but do you like it though do you like it yeah it's beautiful colorado is stunning there i mean there's mountains everywhere okay i think that you would like this part of it well actually our our friend we talked about this on one of the last episodes one of my colleagues from buffer happened to visit iceland and you met up with her and she was saying Mm -hmm. that iceland and colorado and she's from colorado springs were quite similar and i Mm -hmm. kind of see that like it's you see a lot of like rolling hills and mountains the thing is the area that we live in i absolutely love this like first thing in the morning if you're leaving in the car sometimes i do leave home and the sun will be rising and so you'll see like the sun glinting off of the mountains and the fields around us are just filled with like cows and buffalo and there's some there's like all sorts of stuff in those fields and so you're just like watching the sunrise that there's just like huge animals like grazing in the fields and the mountains are in the background it's a very picturesque place we need to see more of this on instagram 
yeah, I'm always in a car and they move really fast. So it's been difficult oh. to do some <laughs> photography, but I hear you. I would like to do more photography. Um, should we move on? Okay. Yeah. Actually, I kind of want to ask you, so I'm sorry. It's okay. We can talk about me traveling later, but I kind of want to ask you, so, um, so when you have that setup, do you find it easier to work or what's the work situation? I think it's the same. I don't think it's any easier or more difficult than it was in Toronto. It's definitely the breaks that I take are different. Before, when I would like text a friend and meet someone at a coffee shop around the corner, now my break might be more like me going downstairs and listening to a podcast for a bit or reading for a little bit and then going back upstairs, trying to create like space between the office and the rest of my life. Um, But I haven't found it more difficult from like a work perspective. Mm -hmm. But I have found it just more from like a social perspective. I have to make a lot more effort. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, Javi, what is going on with work for you right now? How's that going? Um, It's actually really weird. So, um, I've decided to like not really travel till Christmas. So I've just been focused. Like I did a lot of travel over the summer and I kind of had enough. So I was like, no travels. People can come visit me if they want to see me, but I'm like not doing anything. And it's been amazing because it just means I can schedule things easier. And it's not like, no, I'm going to be out of the country that week. No, I'm going to be like, yeah. Mm. And it's weird. So it means I do stuff like go to events and things like that. And I went to one recently on productivity. And I think like a lot of people can relate to like, imposter syndrome I feel like lots been talked about that and it's just to me like a constant feeling (laughs) of imposter syndrome I'm like I constantly feel unqualified or like I'm not in the right place or everybody thinks I'm some kind of for like I feel like that all the time especially because I think I'm on this interesting boundary of like tech and business and music so like when I'm with music people I think they think that I'm like too businessy and corporate and boring and when I'm with tech people I think they think I'm too artsy and like it's all these things <laughs> and then it's actually kind of two things I went to this event and the lady was talking about productivity and I was like oh god yeah I'm never productive enough like you know it's so easy to be so hard on yourself all the time yeah and then I went to this event and I just sat there and I was like oh yeah I do that <laughs> <laughs> and it was crazy she was like oh yeah maybe write stuff down and I was like yeah I use OmniFocus for that and then she was talking about like batching projects and I was like, yeah, I do that. Like, and it was just really gratifying almost to see how you're slowly, like you don't really see every little growth you make, but it's nice to almost have a little moment like that where you're like, oh yeah, actually I know more than I did yeah. at some point. That's amazing. I'm happy that you felt that way. And also, if you had told me you're going to a productivity event, I would have been like, you're good. (laughs) I think you're very productive and organized. uh, Maybe it's because I feel so unqualified all the time. I'm like trying to make up. (laughs) But actually, this was another thing as well. Like I think doing this podcast was kind of fun because it's obviously the production of the show and everything. But it's also the... um, just all the branding and setting up the processes and the task management and how do you assign this to this other person and everything. And I actually didn't really find any of that super like overwhelming, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. How do you find that? Like, I felt like we were just like, yeah, we just set up a Slack and that's where we talk and we set up like a Trello board and that's how we do that. And then, yeah, we need to record. Like it was just, it was like a thousand 
tiny things, but like none of them was like, oh, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, I think that we talked about this potentially when you were visiting me in Toronto, but it works that we're, we both work at tech companies. So a lot of the processes within tech companies are similar, at least similar enough. There's like a framework that follows through a lot of them, or there are tools that are used through a lot of them. And when, so when we started working on this side project together, it wasn't even like, well, should we use Slack or should we, should we try another something or like, should we use Trello or, or should we use something else? Should we be in Asana? Like we had our preferences already and we were just like, okay, Mm -hmm. we're using Slack, we're using Trello, we're using Google Docs, like this is it. And I think that made things a lot more easy and then I think the other thing is that we are naturally organized people and both of us wanted to write everything down that needed to be done and assign it and add deadlines like we were weirdly excited about all of that and I think that just leads to getting things done yeah and it's also like I think we're both used to working kind of async and also because it was a side project for the both of us and I think it's actually yeah, I mentioned before how I haven't really listened to the old episodes. We recorded them a really long time ago. And then we like Haley moved countries and I did a bunch of traveling. And then sometimes Haley is really busy with her like actual job. And sometimes I'm really busy with my actual jobs. And, and we met up in person. Yeah, exactly. And I think we both just kind of agreed like this is a side project, like, and we also kind of want to do it right. We don't want to rush it for no reason. I thought it was pretty cool that we could set up a podcast and all the infrastructure we needed for it with basically no effort. Like, I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> basically no effort. And you thought you didn't know about productivity. <laughs> I know. I genuinely did. No. So this is like doing the podcast has both been like easier and harder than I expected. Like, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, it's just been like a cool little thing to work on. I totally agree. And at first I was sort of like, I won't have time for this. But I, f- yeah. I feel like time has has worked in a way that that hasn't actually been an issue. Like in my mind, I thought that it was going to be an issue. And then in retrospect, I was able to make time. Okay, so we're already talking about this a little bit, but maybe we should dive right into today's topic. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. What is today's topic? Do you want to tell the audience? Yes, it is launching a creative project, which, (gasps) like much of what we've been talking about this episode, is very meta. (laughs) Yeah, it is a little bit meta. Yeah. Don't think about it too much. (laughs) (laughs) It's, um, I think this is my first creative project that I've really launched very seriously. What about you? Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, to me... The only other thing I could possibly imagine would maybe be blog posts. But to me, that's just not really the same in scale and production and anything. I totally agree. Yeah, that's the only thing I would like slightly count is before I used to run like an online magazine that I was trying to create. And it, di- it really didn't work out. It didn't get a lot of traction. And it kind of like <laughs> ended up withering away and, and not making Aww. it. But that was like <laughs> that was something that I could identify with that I was very excited to launch and I was very nervous about, and I was like very keen to keep going, and uh, it didn't work out. But that was the only other thing I could think of as a creative project. It's cool to have a partner, though, don't you think? I feel like it's really helped me with motivation because a lot of the times when I think up creative projects that I would be interested in, I almost immediately shut them down in my mind as like, oh no, no one would be interested in that. And I don't, I don't know where that feeling comes from. Um, but it was helpful to have you to bounce ideas off of too. And like you were coming up with ideas because I felt like the motivation really kept high. Like 
I would come up with mm-hmm. something and you would be like, yeah, that works. And, and you would like add something else onto it to make it more interesting. So I, I feel like it's helped to have a partner. Do you think so too? Yeah. And also please don't ever steal Haley away from me, but <laughs> The amazing thing of working with Haley is she does all the boring stuff and lets me do all the things that I find interesting. <laughs> but I think that's almost the magic of our partnership because in my mind, you do the boring stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I find it astonishing so often. I'm like, okay, so how do you want to split this? And I'm like trying to be open and diplomatic. And then Haley's like, oh, I'll take these things. And I'm like, yes. like I'm so happy okay so I actually think this kind of relates back to why I freaked out so much on Wednesday because and why I hadn't told anybody because we had like kind of been working on this for ages and it was just like this such a side project like we weren't really ever 100% focused just on this and then we recorded the episodes ages ago I edited them ages ago and then I just kind of sent them off to Haley. and basically my job was kind of done like I was doing some like online stuff but I wasn't really like heavy duty doing anything and Haley was doing all the like because you have to upload it to like a back end before you can put it on iTunes and everything and so I wasn't really present in all of that process I like I know you messaged me and stuff but like you were kept in the loop (laughs) yeah I was in the loop but like also because you just said if we're on iTunes and especially because I work with people who do music and stuff. I've never really imagined myself as somebody who's on iTunes. I think that's why I was like, what? We're on iTunes? Like, it was so scary to me. And I'm like, but I haven't told anybody yet. (laughs) And then I had to kind of explain to people. I was like, it's not that I don't care about you. It's just, I was just, I wasn't really thinking about it. Like, yeah. It was a slow, like, ramp up a very slow ramp up okay so you mentioned that we were working on this ages ago and Mm -hmm. i think just the other day i got the domain renewal so we would have bought the domain makework.work that is a plug (laughs) we would have bought that domain over over a year ago now and so it's taken us over a year just to put a specific number on that to like coordinate our ideas and make time to record with each other and write all the copy and put the website together and it I think that people might be surprised how long that took us yeah I think it's actually funny because one of um there was a podcast that launched the other day and it's funny how podcasts work because you're actually on another podcast as well and now you're doing this podcast (laughs) yes and it's very often like somebody starts a podcast and then suddenly they appear on like a different podcast. And that was like one of the things that happens. And it was somebody who was already kind of listening to. And I listened to the podcast and they were saying the same. It like took them like a year to get like three episodes off the ground. I think it's just getting like the tone right and getting getting you to a stage where you're both happy with the work. I think is like it's worth that time to not like rush it. I agree. And you were you were really good at putting that forward and being like, hey, if we don't like this, we can start over. Because I think that something a lot of people might have is that when you've invested time into something, you're very hesitant to critique it or get rid of it or move along past it if you no longer think it's a good idea because of that invested time. But I think that one of your strengths is that you were like, no, no, I'm not looking oh. at this as an invested time. You were like, I want the end product to be good. So I will invest even more time. Yeah. Yeah, this is this. I can't believe I'm about to use my second term of economics in this podcast, but this is like the sunken cost fallacy. Like, oh my just because you just because you spend money on something, it doesn't 
change your decisions about the future. Like for also this podcast is difficult because it has like our names on it. Yeah. So it's like I don't want to compromise my work name. <laughs> like I only have one name. Like just because I spent like half a day doing something, like I'm not gonna be like, oh, I'm gonna put out something that I kind of half like. Yeah, I'm really glad you have that mindset. So <laughs> that was a really big part for us moving into the side project was just like having the right mindset about scrapping things. And I think that's difficult to do with a creative project if you've poured even more than your time, like if you've poured your ideas or your passion yeah. into something, but it didn't turn out the way you wanted it to. Or maybe I it worked did. With I've worked with people in the past where I've said to them, like, this needs to be edited. Like, it doesn't match our company's brand guidelines. And they got so offended. And I I think I'm quite good at being like, like, it's not a personal attack if something isn't good enough. It just means it needs to be worked on a little bit more. And I feel like I'm I'm very happy to hear that criticism as well. Like, yeah, it can hurt. But it's kind of like, okay, it kind of hurts. So maybe don't do it today, do it tomorrow or something. Um, but then just move on. Like it's, yeah, it's not about everybody's feelings being super comfortable all the time. <laughs> maybe I'm just really cruel, but yeah. yeah. I think also it might be more difficult to do if you're launching a creative side project on your own, but maybe that's a mindset that you can get into on your own too. And just like, you know, take a different perspective when you're listening or reading or whatever it is that you're doing to a project. Yeah, I literally keep coming back to... Do you remember the blog post I wrote with your friend Maya? Maya? Yes. I literally have been... Like, it's been so on my mind recently. And so many people struggle with this. Where, like, they cannot separate, like, their work from their identity. So, like, it, just because they worked on something... Like, they find it so hard to take criticism for it. Because they think it's, like you're criticizing them as like a human and like you think their mom is disgust like and that's not what the criticism is the criticism is just like okay this doesn't match the guidelines it doesn't mean it's bad it just means it doesn't fit what we're going for yeah and and i find it like so many people find it very difficult to make this kind of distinction but yeah i think, I think it is just very important um with any creative work or any work. Definitely. I mean, I think we had a lot of things going for us. One was that you were willing to like throw things away if they weren't good. And the other one was that we had the complementary skill set and then also the complementary interests where like maybe complementary isn't the right word, but like yin yang interests almost where like you were interested in one half of the pie and I was interested in the yeah. other half of the pie. <laughs> I like complementary is literally exactly the correct word. Okay. But there was, there was, um, so there was like one thing that kind of surprised me because when I kind of freaked out about like, oh no, it's going live. It was almost like my freak out was, do I have permission to do this? Like, mm. am I allowed? I feel like, did you have this kind of freak out? I didn't, I was, I don't think I had the same kind of freak out. I think my freak out was more along the lines of, 
I think my freak out was more along the lines of like your first freak out where you were like, oh, I haven't told people. And I realized, oh, I've only <laughs> told two people. And I don't know if anyone else might be expecting to hear about it before we post, but it's too late. So <laughs> I was literally reaching out to people like I shared the make work work posts on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And then I was like immediately reaching out to friends and I was like, hey, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening because I didn't want them to just like see it in a random post on Facebook, which was your biggest fear, too. So I think that was the thing that caught me in the end. But I didn't have too much anxiety about releasing it because like we'd been working on it for so long. And we said this several times, but it was just time to get it out into the world. And we're doing Mm -hmm. this because it's something that we're both interested in. We're not doing this because someone else has asked us to or for someone else in particular. So I think the fact that we're doing it for ourselves and because we want to is going to go a long way in like helping us not have too much anxiety about what people think as much as we can. Yeah, this actually, this feeds in really nicely because when I was freaking out before I like told my friends, my family, I went back to this book I read ages ago by this author called Austin Kleon. And he has this fun life where his name is Austin and he lives in Austin, which must just be <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> I'm a little bit jealous of that. That could never happen for me, but <laughs> it really couldn't. No. Um, yeah. So he wrote this book called Show Your Work and I read it ages ago. And it's funny. It's almost like he's pushing creative people to be more open about all the like creative work they're doing and sharing it on the internet so it can be found and everything, which is something I literally do all day, every day. Um, but I feel like we're almost coming in at in at this on the other side where we know like the marketing and we know the branding and we know how to put a product in front of people. And we're working out like the more creative things. <laughs> yeah, we're a little bit on the other side. We're marketing and social media, like no problem. <laughs> That's going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> and like he had this, this is what like came to me and I literally found the page is this like idea where he says in the book, like you don't need permission from anybody to do this. And that was my freak out. I was like, do I have permission from work? Do I have permission from my family? Do I have permission from my friends? And he has this, I think I'm quoting it directly, but I'm not looking at it, where he says, you don't need any permission, but here it is anyway. Oh, I love that. And I just, I I, I don't know, like this is just like a guy, but I'm so (laughs) grateful for this book. Um, So I just really wanted to mention it related to this episode about the launch because I literally went back to that book to find that page um, before we launched. That is a really powerful, yeah, that's a really powerful message. I downloaded the book after you told me about it because I take your book recommendations really seriously (laughs) and I can't wait to read it. I think that, I think you hit the nail on the head there with us being on the opposite end of the spectrum. So like most people might be creating things but not sharing them and we're used to sharing things but maybe not creating them. And Mm -hmm. it took me a really long time to even identify as someone that was creative and to to recognize that creativity was a different workflow for me. So I started doing a lot more writing for work in this past year. And that has taken a lot of creative juices from my brain. And I, I started realizing, oh, this isn't like another task, like writing an email that I can do at any point in the day. This sort of creativity, it required a little bit more energy and focus and I have to do it in the morning. It was something that I was realizing. And so I think even the conversation around whether or not a project is creative 
some some people might not identify with that word, but it might still be applicable. That's such a good point, man. That's such a good point. I think it's um, I actually think that's the biggest kind of. I know this sounds a little bit lame, but like the gift that OmniFocus has given me because. I feel like I load OmniFocus with all the like boring, mundane, whatever things I have to do so my life doesn't fall apart and people are like, you haven't paid me money for your phone or whatever. Um, (laughs) And then, so sometimes like I look at it and I just have at the top like rights and I remind myself, this is what you're paid to do. Like you're not paid to like do something else, if that makes sense, because it's really easy to be really busy with these tasks and it's like no if you actually focus on like oh here's the output we want from you basically it sometimes helps to be like oh yeah no this is what I should be doing I shouldn't be checking my emails I shouldn't be reading all these notifications from Kinto and Stephen Fry on Twitter like that's not my job (laughs) sorry Stephen Fry because he's obviously listening (laughs) Um, (laughs) if he were though that'd be great (laughs) can you tweet him no I'm sorry no, but I think you, it was such a good point. You phrased it so much better than I did about like recognizing that some work is more intense and setting aside like blocks of time to do that where you cannot be interrupted. And like that work is higher priority than any notifications or any emails you're going to get, except press for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that for sure. I yeah, I think it's all been a very interesting experiment to launch this and I'm I'm pumped to keep going with it. Yay, so you're not breaking up with me. I am definitely not breaking up with you. <laughs> Can you imagine that like at this very moment there could be tweets that people have very generously tweeted to us that we haven't even read? I would love some tweets. Well, we are on Twitter. We have our personal handles that you can find by going to at mworkwork. And we are under there, or you can tweet at mworkwork and we will respond. And if you use the hashtag MWW on Twitter, we're tracking that. Also, um, we didn't really talk about books a whole lot, but um, we will next time. I think we said that last time as well. (laughs) But um, I think we said this actually, but like, yeah, if you've read any of the books we've talked about on any of the previous shows, at least I'm very excited to see it. I think Haley is just as excited as I am. Oh yeah. We are like we are genuinely excited about any of the books we've talked about. And if you have any recommendations, please send them our way. And also just kind of thank you for listening. Yes, and for sharing comments. We are on Twitter and you can also find out more at makework.work. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> Show over. Was that it? It was a clap? Yeah. Okay. I think you're supposed to do it in the beginning, but is I'm this, just like... <laughs> is this for future Happy, who's like cleaning the house and editing at the same time? 